If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, well, welcome to State of the Nation on TNT. It's good to be with you. I am Steve Hook, broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore. And there's my buddy, Brian Hesher McLean, doing his thing in Central Texas. Hello, uh, Hesh. How are you? A happy Tuesday to you, brother. Yeah, yeah. Happy Tuesday, man. I'm great. It's good to be here with you on today's News Talk. The headlines are uh, fast and furious, so let's get into it. Yeah, and today's the big day, man. Uh, New Hampshire primary is on is up right. today, so that's going to be very interesting. And of course, the the we know who's in it on the Republican side, uh, and of course that now really two and and two are left, Trump and Haley. We'll see how Haley performs. Uh, on the uh, Democrat side, though, you've got uh, you've got Biden, and then you've got this other representative uh, who's running. I forget his name off the top of my head. Doesn't really matter. He's not going to be the guy. But here's the thing uh, that scares me uh, more than anything, Asher, and I bet it scares you too. There's a report coming out of the Gateway Pundit, and this is actually by way of the New York Post. Uh, Cindy Adams, of all people, is reporting that Michelle and Barack Obama have been in meetings with big-time Democrat donors. And, uh, well, I'll just read you what they say. It says the Gateway Pundit's Kristen Taylor shared an explosive story last week that Barack and Michelle Obama are angling to replace, now this is the Gateway Pundit, angling to replace replace decrepit, unpopular Joe Biden with a younger, more popular Michelle as the Democrats' presidential nominee. Michelle has reportedly already surveyed major Democrat donors about her potential candidacy. And in 2022, she allegedly told a gathering of CEOs in New York City that she was running. Now, in the New York Post, Cindy Adams reveals that the secret plan has emerged to throw old Joe under the bus. She says she claims it comes from credible sources. A uh, few have access to and usually not meant for the notes, uh, the noses of the media. Barack has reportedly polled donors and put together a plan for Michelle, which is still being tweaked, according to the New York Post, Cindy Adams. Now, Cindy Adams, of course, flies in those circles, so I, I guess she might know. Um, but boy, man, I'm telling you one thing. We've been talking about this for how long now, Hesher? A month at least? The possibility of parachuting uh, Michelle Obama into this uh, into this campaign right around the convention, or maybe shortly thereafter the convention. What do you think? Yeah, well, we've been bringing it up uh, regularly for the last month or so. But you know, when I look back at my tenure here at today's News Talk, I go all the way back to where I started. You know, Joel Gilbert was one of my uh, original guests, like back in 2022, and. You know, he came on because he wrote a book and did a documentary about this, and he makes a very compelling case, and I've brought it up many times over the last year and a half or so, and uh, oftentimes met with some poo-pooing from whoever I'm speaking to. I'm not, not going to name any names. It's just sort of a recollection I've had of people going, ah, you know, but um, now it's, it's definitely seeping into sort of the uh, more kitchen table zeitgeist. So very interesting, Steve. And Steve, let me ask you this. 
Um, do you think that perhaps Nikki, because ha Nikki Haley has indicated, you know, we talked about this yesterday with our guests, but Nikki Haley's now indicating she's in it for the long haul. She's making it yeah. sound like she is not going to pull out. And uh, this morning, you know, doing some show research, I flagged up uh, this from Laura Loomer, and there's a video attached to it. So you should definitely go out there and watch it. But here's what she uh, tweeted out on her ex account. Democrat, and then note the note the language here that she uses here. Democrat presidential candidate Dean B. Phillips, that's the name you were looking for. Campaign yep, had yep. me thrown out of his event tonight, despite their campaign slogan being "Everyone's invited." I wanted to ask him how many votes he thinks Democrat presidential candidate Nikki Haley, you hear that, is going to take away from him tomorrow at the New Hampshire primary after Barack Obama's campaign manager. David Plouffe told Democrat donors and voters to support Nikki Haley with their votes and their money. Why is Barack Obama's progressive campaign apparatus, along with Hillary Clinton's donor base and MSDNC and CNN, backing Nikki Haley instead of the Democrat, progressive Democrat candidates on the ballot in New Hampshire? So she's yeah. basically saying that Nikki Haley is the leading Democrat candidate in on the ballot in New Hampshire, and it looks like Dean Phillips needs a new slogan. So I'm wondering, Steve, do you think that this could be the tactic, try to shoehorn Nikki Haley in because a Michelle Obama ticket would steamroll her? Uh, well, yeah, I was about to say, if you, if you I thought you were going to go, I, I thought you were going someplace else with that. I thought you were going to say maybe Michelle Obama and Nikki Haley would team up, which I I could never see that happening. That said, yeah, horse. yeah, yeah. Stalking horse can't, I could absolutely see that Dean Phillips is going to be a, uh, a, a distant memory and the not, and, and probably not even a memory because I didn't remember his name. But he's not going to be around for much longer. The DNC has their sights set on somebody. The question is, is it really Biden? I'm with you, man. I This whole notion of Michelle Obama jumping in uh, is frightening. And it's frightening because I often say that, well, you know, I, I believe in the wisdom of the American people. Normally I do. But when it comes to emotions... And this is how they're angling to, to, to campaign against Trump is play on the emotions, play on the fear, play on the hatred, play on the lawfare. And then they drop in Hillary, which might as well be Oprah Winfrey, for God's sakes. And you're going to get people, I hate to say it, but you're going to get the view type viewers that will not even think. They'll just say, oh, I always liked her and vote for her. So that is a scary proposition. Now, but, but make no mistake that if Michelle Obama is the ultimate candidate, uh, you're looking at Barack Obama's fourth term as president and perhaps a fifth term as president. So he would be given FDR a run for his money because he's been the de facto president. I think most would agree uh, since Joe Biden was initially sworn in. But it's crazy times, man. Sure is. So we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. And you know what? We've got some great guests to talk about that very issue. In fact, our first guest we're going to bring up on, on the other side, uh, Dustin Olson. He's he's a pollster. We'll, we'll see what he thinks about it. Hey, at TNT, we never go home. We mean it. We never go home because we're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7, 365, online globally, no matter what, no matter where. We've got you covered on today's News Talk TNT. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio TNT.
Okay, as mentioned, we've got a just a great slate of guests today, and we're going to start with uh, with none other than Dustin Olson. Nick, uh, Dixville Notch gave all four of that tiny ski community's votes to Nikki Haley, but is that indicative of the rest of the Granite State? Probably not, if we're honest. In fact, Trump, sh- uh, Trump should probably win by a fairly overwhelming margin, though it may be closer uh, than uh, than Iowa was, probably will be for sure. But is it going to be enough to move the needle for Nikki Haley to get her out? Well, judging on what we've just talked about with Hesher there, uh, I don't think so. That makes Nikki Haley's comments about staying in the race for the long haul even more worrisome. The question is, how many big money donors will continue to prop up a campaign that is clearly not resonating with the Republican base? Now, whether they're willing to admit it or not, this is Donald Trump's Republican Party, and most Trump voters will not vote. Uh, for Nikki Haley. Uh, at least that's what the polling shows. Would Haley voters vote for Trump? Perhaps. At least that's the thinking of many pundits. Uh, that is not thinking, uh, you know, that is not the thinking of the globalists that Hesher was just talking about that are propping up the Haley campaign and a possible Haley administration. Therein lies the rub for Haley, though, because if Haley can convince Trump Republicans that she's not a globalist elite, it's going to be kind of hard to do that as her entire campaign is propped up by globalist elites. Here to discuss that is uh, the, the New Hampshire primary and all the rest of it is Dustin Olson from the American Pulse Research and Polling. Hello, Dustin. It's great to see you back again. Welcome back to State of the Nation. How are you, man? I'm doing great. It's great to be with you, Stephen Brian. Yeah, it's good to have you with us. Um, so I, I don't know if you just heard the lead in what, what, what Hesh and I were talking about, but there is some real fear now, and I think it's genuine, uh, that Michelle Obama may be parachuted into there, uh, into this uh, race at some point down the line. Uh, we're all focused on Trump and Haley right now. That might be a, a non-starter if Michelle jumps in. What is your take on all of this? Well, I can't. I can't imagine how one person makes decisions exactly like with Michelle Obama. I think she has a pretty good life. I can't imagine why she would want to put herself into that position. That being said, it's been really clear in our surveys over the last few months. Actually, it's interesting. Last summer, we did a survey in New Hampshire, and we asked Democrat primary voters about their support for President Biden. They were actually. Uh, in lockstep with them. Then you have this anti-democratic approach that the the Democrats have had where they have shut down the Democrat primary in the state and the Democrats there are not happy about it. And also just, you know, nationally on all the different issues and the, I would call chaos across the globe and at the border and everywhere else in the economy. Um, Biden is very unpopular. We have a third of Democrats who would like somebody else and we have a third who would like him. And then a third that are, I think, starting to lean towards they would like someone else. So Michelle Obama is probably their silver bullet. However, I can't imagine that why would she want to put herself into that? Uh, she doesn't seem like she she would want to be president, but who knows? I, I think it would be their best shot, and that would totally up in the race, of course. Oh, yeah, and that does seem to be sort of her, um, I guess I, I can't call it a platform, but sort of her going thing right now is, I don't really want to. But then she goes on a podcast and says, but I stay up at night and I worry about this and that and the state of democracy, of course, you know, intimating that if Donald Trump becomes president, then 
the nation has a, a massive problem, which essentially is echoing what's being said, uh, what was being said at Davos. I mean, we, we saw the whole, uh, you know, cast of characters at Davos, basically, save a few <laughs> who were there disrupting, like the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Kevin over there did a great job. Yeah. But I mean, that does seem to sort of be the whole gotcha setup that I don't want to run, but I'm really concerned. Well, the truth is, you know, in campaigns over the years, you have these people who you think are going to be amazing. You know, you think about Central Casting and Fred Thompson, who is a great American and, uh, you know, the late senator from Tennessee. You know, the idea of him as a, as a presidential candidate was amazing until he was a presidential candidate and he did terribly and um, was out of the race pretty quickly. So, you know, there's the there's lots of history of people who we thought were going to be amazing candidates who really didn't have what it takes. And it's possible she she could be an amazing candidate as far as the skill sets. I have a feeling that, uh, you know, it's the same thing like with other popular figures. If you imagine Oprah were to get in or, uh, you know, name any other popular uh, figure that you only have one name for, most of the time that's going to be the most popular they are is the day before they get in. And then after that, they're going to start to have to answer for things. And I doubt the American people really believe that Michelle Obama would take a different tack than Joe Biden has. A lot of people, it's hard for, for some folks to understand this, but some people like Joe Biden's temperament and they like him as a person. They just find his policies have been abhorrent and they've been a failure. And ultimately, she would be more of the same as far as that goes. So I do think that uh, Donald Trump up against Michelle uh, Obama is, uh, you know, it's going to be a completely different ballgame. But at the end of the day, we are going to be looking at the same policies that Joe Biden has pushed on the American people. And no one's going to believe that Michelle Obama would ever uh, secure the border. I, I just, I think you could, I could guarantee you right now, if I went in the field tomorrow with a poll with American Pulse, that there's no way that the American people would think that she would actually secure the border. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's, and that's an important one too, because most recent polling uh, shows that the border crisis has jumped over inflation and the economy as the number one issue on, on voters' minds. We saw that yeah. in Iowa. I suspect we're probably going to see a lot of that in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is, well, it's one of 50 states. It's been riddled with uh, fentanyl overdoses. So it's obviously an important issue. I agree with everything you're saying, Dustin. I think that she would be a continuation of Biden. But if we really want to put a fine point on it, we should say Biden is a continuation of Obama. She would just be absolutely. a continuation. She would just be a further continuation of Obama. So let's yeah, let's let's talk about Haley and Trump. Haley is saying that it doesn't matter what happens in New Hampshire. She thinks she's going to outperform the polls. Uh, but she says she's in it until Super Tuesday, at least. And hopefully she can turn it around by then. Well, that means by my calculations, uh, South Carolina is about a month away. Mm -hmm. um, that's a bit, 30 point deficit in a month and a half. Do you think she can do that? Well, I, I don't. And, you know, today she's going to be faced with reality. Now, there is a factor here that we don't really know exactly how things are going to go. You know, it's Typically, there's somewhere around 55 to 60 percent of the, the folks who vote are going to be Republicans in the New Hampshire primary. As we've all seen, there's these outside Democratic leaning groups that are pushing to get college kids to, to vote 
today and then also pushing to get uh, Democrat leaning, uh, as they call them, undeclared as pollsters, we call them unaffiliated. Um, you know, the media calls them independents. But really, these are truly Democrats who have chosen to not be affiliated with a party so that they can participate in whichever primary they want. We have the same thing with unaffiliated or undeclared that are Republican, basically, uh, in the state. But ultimately, however many people that is, that's going to have a big impact. Now, the truth is, in all the polling I've seen over the last week, that Donald Trump leads among Republicans by 40 plus percent. And we saw coming out of Iowa in the first, in the St. Anselm poll, the first poll that came out, he had a seven point Trump bump out of Iowa. And that was um, quite, I didn't actually expect that we'd have that big of a, a shift happen in the race. And then interesting, Suffolk and the Boston Globe did a tracking poll throughout the week. And each day they're putting out new numbers. And this is just watching kind of what's happening as the campaign unfolds. And I believe that Nikki Haley deciding to drop out of the New Hampshire debates, specifically the WMUR, which is the only local New Hampshire exclusive uh, television affiliate. Uh, I think that rubbed people in the state the wrong way, as well as the first few days of the week, she only had one event per day. It looked like she was pulling back from her schedule. I have a sense as to why that might be. And then she started to ramp back up on Friday. But ultimately, that tracking poll showed that Donald Trump has continued to uh, uh, increase his numbers. And it's interesting. I'm going to look at it right here. The Boston Globe Suffolk poll ended, I think this is as of uh, to, um, today, the last final number was at 60%. Now I have a, I have a hard time believing that he'll actually hit that, but we're looking at another uh, probably above 50% win for him. And when it's a two person wow. race and this is the best that she's going to do, uh, she's going to get shellacked in her home state. And if I were her, I would want to be out of this race before my political career is ended in my home state. Uh, and, yeah. you know, as we look at the polling, it just gets bigger and bigger as you go into Super Tuesday for, for Trump's lead. Yeah, right, Dustin. And not only does the lead get bigger and bigger, he got the Trump bump and he also got the DeSantis bump when DeSantis yep. threw his support behind him. And then, of course, as the polls get wider and wider margin of victory for Trump, the donations tend to kind of slow as, as they go. Dustin Olson, listen, man, as always, we thank you for joining us today. You can find Dustin online at OlsonStrategies.com, OlsonStrategies.com. You can also find him on X at Dustin Olson with an with an O-N, at Dustin Olson on X. Dustin, thank you, man. I have no doubt we're going to be talking to you a lot more as this thing heats up. Thanks for joining us today on State of the Nation. Thanks, gents. Appreciate it. All right, take care. There he goes. That's Dustin Olson. You are watching and listening to State of the Nation on TNT. We'll be right back after this. Now, as we move into an election year in US politics at a time when the Western empire is under attack from within, as if an orchestrated decline is the plan, whilst at the same time, the rise of BRICS nations represents a rise of a new multipolar order. Institutions that have controlled the world are at last being questioned for their behavior and their failures. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the truth shall set us free. Those two statements sit at opposite ends of the zeitgeist in a world that is filled with death, destruction, deceit, and a wholesale unwillingness to hold anyone in power to account, except for anyone who takes power against 
the ruling elite, of course, and then we have seen how that system works. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. The light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live Thousands of global elites, including CEOs, bankers, and policymakers, gathered in Davos for the 54th annual World Economic Forum meeting from January the 15th to the 19th. So that's just closed last week. Um, These so-called global elites were having their pro-globalist anti-freedom gathering of ghouls and bond villains. Um, And among the attendees were European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde, um, openly critical of the former president. Uh, She served as the International Monetary Fund um, president at some point, and she's referred to Trump as a clear threat to Europe during a recent interview. Uh, with France, too, uh, because of his stance on tariffs, NATO, and climate change. Um, And, of course, we also had Philip Hildebrand, former head of the Swiss Central Bank and current chairman of BlackRock, Gordon Brown, former prime minister in the UK, uh, Guy Vorhofstadt, a former Belgian prime minister and current member of European, European Parliament, Richard Dearlove, former head of UK's Secret Intelligence Service, all expressing similar views. Now, Joining us now to discuss is Sal Greco from salgreco.com. Sal, welcome back to State of the Nation. Always a pleasure. I'm curious about your thoughts on the juxtaposition of Trump sweeping Iowa while Davos is happening and the Ghoul Council is planning a descent into global technocracy. And then if you could kind of wrap that into the general zeitgeist we get from politicians in blue states. You have a lot of experience with this in New York. So... The globalist mindset, Davos, and how that seeps into our American political zeitgeist is what I'm interested in hearing from you about today. Well, you know, I just got wind of there was an article, I think, or something on internet. It was Alex Soros, wasn't it? George Soros' son yes. that kind of gave you a signal. He made some kind of reference that said 40, basically 47, meaning. Trump, he's trying to insinuate that, you know, like a, it was a bullet or something. I mean, it, I don't understand what the insinuation is. It's about assassinating Trump or, you know, doing harm to Trump. And he's 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 virtue signaling and signaling to his little crowd. And he's also referencing in that article about crime numbers. That crime is the lowest it's ever been. I don't know what I don't know where he's getting that from when it's clearly the opposite especially from the articles I've been reading from something that happened in In-N-Out Burger in Oakland. You had a a crazed guy murder someone in Texas. The guy was, I believe he probably was an undocumented. You have another incident with three gangbangers killed this poor guy in Norristown. He robbed them and killed them. Point blank rage, no reason. We, I mean, look at New York. You had an incident where these guys were driving around in a car and then they, I, I guess they killed themselves. I don't know what 
why they were even having some like I guess they were like doing car stunts in the Bronx. I don't know what that was about, but I mean, you have all kind of senseless crime going on, and these guys want to present, oh, it's a perfect world and everything is okay and crime is down and you know. The president is doing a great job in, in this country when we all know it's the complete opposite. It, look at the guy. Look at what's going on around us. And I mean, I understand certain jurisdictions are trying to recapture, you know, what, what they used to, how they used to be. But I mean, it's going to take a while to get this going. And, you know, I know how they have this, these all these agendas going. I think today is a big day because obviously it's a primary in New Hampshire. And hopefully I believe Trump will be on his way to the nomination and we'll have a general well, it should be or could be Trump versus Biden. I, I don't know if Biden's going to make it because he might leave before the convention, as Roger Stone's been saying. So uh, we're going to see how that plays out. And uh, there's clearly an agenda, especially the Alex Soros article. If you look at it from the Atlantic and it, that seems to be the precedent. So, so they're, they're setting the bar and they, they want you to look at that and read that. And that's where the uh, the playbook, their playbook is, is emanating from, Alex yeah. Soros. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about that yesterday, Sal. It's great to see you, brother. We talked Thank about you. that yesterday, too. It was a picture of a, uh, a window with a bullet hole through it and then uh, a picture that was right next to it, basically uh, 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 somebody holding $47. And the, uh, the obviously the symbolism was there. Uh, it doesn't take a, you know, a, a, a genius to figure out what he was trying to say. Alex Soros has said that he is way further left uh, than my old man is, which is should send a shudder down everybody's spine. But we're talking about, Sal, the elitist. Uh, and the WEF types, uh, World Economic Forum, uh, World Health Organization types. These folks, these global masterminds that want to control the strings of every Western country, it seems like. And Biden is more than happy to let them do it. He's been doing everything he can uh, to help them in that endeavor. But the problem that you run into with that is the American people. Uh, I think the American people have seen through a lot of this. And I think most people, if you mentioned Davos to them, they couldn't even tell you what the hell you were talking about. Now, I'm not talking yeah. about us. I'm not talking about folks that are politically tuned in, but I'm talking about the average guy and gal out there that are trying to put bread and milk on the table. Uh, they're not really sweating Davos so much, but Davos certainly is sweating them and certainly is worried about what's going to happen with Trump. Um, I mean, you saw what uh, uh, Diamond went in there. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, his first name? Jamie. Jamie, Jamie. Diamond uh, went to uh, uh, went to Davos and basically gave a pro-Trump speech. Uh, it wasn't necessarily pro-Trump, but it was like, hey, look, you can hate the guy all you want. But listen, he did some good things. And you can't say that all of these people that support him are bad. They're not. I know many of them. And that came out of pardon the pun, came out of left field, really. Nobody expected Jamie Dimon. It's one thing to have, uh, you know, the uh, the guys from Heritage go in there, but to have Jamie Dimon say that, they must be really worried. You think, Sal? I actually think I read this. He's the C Is he the CEO of J.P. Morgan? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. What that what that sounds to me more of it, it's, it's when Trump is president, financially this country was headed in the right direction we were trending upwards right now they're trending downwards i understand that they they might be all in cahoots but financially from an economic standpoint the country was in a much better position 
with Trump as a president versus today. And that's one of the things that's going to get him back into office is Trump's economy was booming. This is all inflation. All It's a scam. It's basically all smoke and mirrors. Everything these guys tell you is the complete opposite of what's going on. And they're going to yeah. present you with these numbers. They're going to inflate them, almost like crime statistics, where, yeah, crime is down 0.1%, but in the last two years, it's up 35%. They, they try and it's always a catch. With Trump, there was no catch. It's here are the numbers. Here's how it works. Here's the gross, the uh, GDP of the country. Everything was always progressing upwards. They're going to tell you the numbers were 3.3 it was every quarter. I think he was the only president that the numbers were past three or four, the number three or four each term for the, for the four years, other than during the pandemic, which everything got thrown away. But during his time, he was the only president up until that time where everything stayed positive versus the Obama years where you're in the twos. So people try to like forget about this. Economically, that's Trump's wheelhouse. He is yeah. a business guy. That's who yeah. you want. You're a business, whether you like the guy or not. If you're the CEO of a company, you want Trump in office. Why? Because everybody, yeah. you don't yeah, make money. Exactly. That might explain why we hear something like that from Jamie Dimon, of all people. I mean, oh, that was own, yeah. a bit of a shocker for sure. But you make a great point there. Hold the line, Sal. We have an inbound headline here with today's news talk. When we come back. We'll pick up right where we left off right here on State of the Nation with TNT. Turn on the news. I have a little news flash. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Former President Donald Trump is on the cusp of becoming the presumptive Republican nominee for president again in 2024. German Defense Minister Boris Pistorius has emphasized the need for Germany, along with its NATO allies, to bolster their military capabilities in anticipation of a potential Russian attack. On Monday, the United States the United Kingdom conducted their eighth round of airstrikes targeting Houthi forces in Yemen. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You can follow Sal Greco on x.com, the Sal Greco, of course, and salgreco.com for his website. Now, um, Sal, you know, you're talking about what I like to call Orwellian doublespeak, or perhaps globalese, you know, I think legalese is sort of a term that a lot of people understand, and globalese is actually very similar, but it operates um, more on inverted nouns, verbs, and adjectives, rather than ones that are hard to describe, as you would find in legalese. So I think you know, that's what we're pointing out here. What do you think about that? I mean, they're telling us basically down is up, up is down, green is blue, blue is green, and these sort of things. Well, like anything else for these people, it's always uh, a diversion. It's always, uh, you know, an inception. It's a, it's it's always an inverted uh, reality. That's, that's what they like to do because you can't, they can't be honest. If you're an honest person, and a lot of politicians have this problem, None of them could be none of them could be honest because honesty is the way to be. I mean, you taught this. I mean, especially from biblical terms, and it's always honest. They want honesty goes a long way. These people, on the other hand, will like to tell you the opposite because you they can't control. They want to control you. The narrative must be controlled. The agenda must be controlled. If they told you the truth, you're going to rebel and say, "I don't want these people." Either you're going to vote them out. Or you might try to say, you know what, I want these guys arrested. Meanwhile, they're just going to sit back and tell you, well, 
the country's in, in turmoil or the country is good. It's always the opposite of what's going on with them. And they hope to pull a wool over your eyes so they stay in power. It's, just the, it's a game they keep playing. And it's somehow some people just keep falling in the trap. And you know the old saying, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Yeah, and, and, it, and it seems it seems like more and more people are waking up to this. And that's kind of why I mentioned the globalists, you know, while, while we can talk about this, a lot of folks aren't really sweating the globalists because they're so furious at what's happening domestically, they can't be bothered with Davos, and that may be their Achilles heel, huh? Uh, I don't understand this idea of crushing Western civilization in order to bring about this new world order. And I can't even believe I'm saying those three words because 10 years ago, I would have looked at you like you were some kind of a conspiracy nut job for thinking there was a new world order in place, uh, or at least an attempted uh, attempt at one. But I think it's become abundantly clear to anybody even take, uh, you know, paying marginal attention that that's their goal. It is a new world order. That's what they want. I don't understand. You know, it, it, does it strike you as odd, Sal, even though we know they're BSing, that Biden and his campaign uh, and his surrogates are basically saying Trump is a threat to democracy when Biden has been doing everything he can to give our democracy away. Uh, yeah, he 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 is the threat. He's a threat to the world, to be honest. His his uh, leadership. He 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 was never like this. Is a guy who's been there since the seventies. He was a senator. Then he had a, a, then he became the vice president, and then it was a four year gap that when Trump was president, he had nothing to do with politics. Other than that, since 1971 or two, whenever he was elected, he's been in D.C. He has done nothing to change the uh, the uh, narrative. He's done nothing to change things. It's, it's progressively getting worse. I mean, Joe Biden greenlit that that crime bill that happened in '94 along with Bill Clinton. He is the architect of many of the evil things you see today. And then he, I mean, somebody posed this question to me, I think online, or I saw it somewhere where it said, you know, about him, he's a Catholic. He's the least Catholic politician of the modern era. He's a guy who's pro-abortion. I don't ever hear him say anything about God. He, the, the guy could care less about being a Catholic. He's a fugazi, as we know. That's what he is. And, you know, the, the, I don't know how we go forward under this man's direction. I don't even know. I'm going to be honest, just like Roger's been pointing out. He may make it to the convention. And at that point, because politically, how the Democrats run the uh, convention is you need the delegates to get there. I mean, he's not even on the ballot in New Hampshire, Joe Biden, but he'll have enough delegates to carry to the convention where then he'll say, I'm going to step aside right now for next. I'm not going to run because for health reasons, he'll remain in office. And then that's when they're going to pull in Michelle Obama and say, here you go. She's going to begrudgingly do it until she says, okay. And then uh, what's her name? Kamala Harris, who's probably even worse than Joe Biden. They'll tell her, well, we'll make you the head of the Supreme Court or we'll give you a Supreme Court seat because she was an attorney general as long as uh, we, we remain in power. So step aside from Michelle Obama, who will run with Gavin Newsom. He'll step out, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris would get a Supreme Court seat under a president, uh, Michelle Obama. That's the that's the, the game they're playing with it. But meanwhile, how do you go forward? This country is economically being destroyed. You can't even go get a, a piece of, uh, you want a, a steak. It costs $10 for a little piece. It's a very tiny steak right now if you go to like Publix or wherever you go, your grocery store. I mean, under Trump, that never happened. How about gas? 
gas is through the roof. I mean, all around here, I remember paying five dollars a gallon for for regular gas. Sometimes it's five, sometimes it's four. So now they're going to try to artificially bring it down because you know he was selling out everything. He's giving out all our oil that Trump had reserves in. So our oil prices are going up. Your 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 food costs are going up. I mean, how much more can you take as a country? You need to yeah. you need a change. It's very apparent. Even the dumbest guy or the biggest globalist is going to say, look. My company and my pockets being hurt. This agenda, what's going to happen is if you're a globalist, I know you want to eat everybody, but in the end, you're going to also eat yourself. So if you're content with the, your own self-destruction, then by all means, continue the agenda. But I, I could kind of hear from this Davos with this guy, Joe, with Diamond, you know, these guys aren't that stupid. They're not that dumb. And they're saying, you know something, uh, maybe we need to even even things out. Yeah. You know, so I'm glad you brought up Roger Stone. You know, I've been surfing around on your X.com account like I always do. And I saw that Roger spoke about that. I was glad you reposted it. It's actually something we've been wargaming here at TNT for quite a while now. Joel Gilbert was the first person that brought that to me when I was doing the Brian McLean show here. And um, he makes a pretty convincing argument. And I got a—I um, don't know if I should say thank you for this, but you really added an extra black pill to that dystopia right there with the Kamala Harris <laughs> potentially going to SCOTUS. That Oof. is maybe more frightening than Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama in the Oval Office. Um, we're just about out of time, but um, you also posted this from Mike Flynn. Um, he's talking about Davos. He's talking about Trump. And um, if you could just make a really quick comment about this after I read it before we let you go here. Um, he said, all you have to do is watch only a couple of the speeches and panels from this past week's World Economic Forum Globalist Circus Convention. These people are out of their mind and they know we have their ticket. America will not succumb to these globalists. Instead, we will reclaim our republic as a nation of freedom-loving citizens who believe in a fair and just rule of law along with all the other rights guaranteed to each of us by our creator and in the constitution. God bless America. He's a hundred percent correct. And I hope people listen to that message. You know what it means? It means go out there and vote, go out there, city councils, go out there, go hold a press conference, have a rally in front of the uh, a city council or the courthouse down where the, uh, in front of your, your jurisdiction in your, in your city and say, we want our politicians to do X, Y, and Z. It's all peaceful stuff. It's all legally allowed. Go out there and do that, and you're going to start to see things change. You need to demand change from your politicians, and it's down to you. Are you going to stay home and, and not vote because you think your vote doesn't count? Because I know they kind of dejected people in the last election. Or are you going to stand up and say, no, we need a change. We will not revert back into this, what's going on right now, what's happened in the last three and a half years. Because this is the, you know, this is a tombstone. This is the tombstone of this country. If you continue down this road, that'll be. And I believe that the American public will not allow that. And they will wake up out of this slumber and come out and vote in droves come uh, November. All right. I'm with you, Saul. SaulGreco.com is the website. The Saul Greco on social media. Be sure to get out there and follow him. His social media accounts are always popping, always fun, always thought inspiring and provoking. Um, Salt, my goodness, uh, thank you for everything you do. You're an amazing patriot and an American. We always appreciate having you here on State of the Nation, and we'll look forward to having you on again real soon. Thank you, guys. And uh, everybody, listen, I appreciate all the support. I love all you guys. If you could help me out, 
Uh, I greatly appreciate it, and thank you very much. And believe me, God bless and keep the faith, people. That's right. America does not exist in a fourth industrial revolution, a great reset, a Green New Deal, a globalist Davos, Ghoul Council, Star Council. We just don't exist under a paradigm like that, and we're not going to put up with it. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT. When I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee, and thought I'll top up with fuel ordered a coffee but while I was pumping fuel I started to get chest pains then it got worse and worse and worse so then I was leaning on the counter thinking yeah something's not quite right so then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really really hit and Joy just you know mouthed do you need an ambulance and I remember nodding I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack I just thought something is seriously wrong with me here so when the cardiologist came to see me she informed me that I'd had what they call a widowmaker heart attack bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. You are loved. You are valued. You are resilient. You got this. You are there for them. We are here for you. Find free care guides at aarp.org slash caregiver. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome back to State of the Nation. Uh, Foster Colson is a longtime entrepreneur. He started in the forestry industry. Uh, and then he was in the wood products business. And then working with his dad and his brother, he created the largest and most innovative aerial firefighting operation in the world. And then he revolutionized industrial cleaning industry by using environmentally friendly water ice to completely change that industry. Well, in 2022, Foster founded The Wellness Company and has been an outspoken critic of the way COVID was dealt with around the world and the all-in approach uh, adopted by... Uh, well, pushed by big government and adopted by big business. And now the very same folks uh, that control some of these major corporations are warning us about disease X. Well, the wellness company recently announced plans to partner with Rumble to help create a parallel economy as well as a parallel healthcare system. Those are big goals for sure. We welcome to the state of the nation, Foster Colson. Foster, hello. Welcome to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to have you today. How are you, sir? Guys, thanks for having me on. Wow, that's quite the intro. It's quite the story. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. And it really is a great story. Uh, and what you're trying to do here, what you're pulling off with, the, and not trying, you are doing it, uh, with the wellness company is basically trying to give people some options that uh, a lot in D.C. don't want them to have. And I guess this partnership with Rumble is really going to help move that effort forward, huh? Yeah, look, I, I think we all kind of have a, a life that we lived before 2020 and after 2020. And for me, it became crystal clear about what I'm fighting for and what I'm fighting for for my kids. I mean, when I started the wellness company, it was to fight for our health sovereignty because big pharma keeps us in a perpetual state of sickness our entire lives to profit off us. And we have to fight back. I think 2020 showed us that. And that's exactly what we're doing with the wellness company. 
You know, it feels like they're creating, well, first off, let me back up. It feels like when 2020 came around, what, that so many pieces of dissonance and uh, just shock hit everybody. It was like, wait, what do you mean lockdown? What do you mean social distancing? What do you mean mask kids? What do you mean mandates for travel and all this stuff? And then you you look at it and you look at the you know uh, the big pharma companies buying up small companies that were doing you know testing and uh, making test kits and it's just like it's you know a, a pandemic industrial complex was literally rolled out you know they took our freedom and our tax dollars and turned it into a red carpet and just rolled it out for Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson. This entire like new subsection of the medical industrial complex and what it seems like they've done aside from cause a lot of people's health to just tank and a lot of people to die suddenly is they've created lifetime customers which is a holdover from the medical industrial complex now being grafted into the um the pandemic industrial complex so and we also have the transgender thing going. They're looking at making $7 million over the lifetime of every individual that signs up for that. I mean, how important is it to create this parallel economy and healthcare system with all that considered? I mean, right now today, they, they don't look at you as a person. They look at you as a dollar sign. They look at you as an annual revenue or lifetime revenue of a customer. And I think that's what we're fighting for right? We need to fight to help keep people healthy, to treat people like they're individuals unique to their own uh, concerns that they have that need to be addressed, rebuilding that doctor-patient relationship. And that's what we're doing at the wellness company. We are trying to build a profitable company of keeping you healthy, which I know is hard to believe, versus the alternative system, which profits off of your sickness. So, so tell me this, what incentive do they have to keep you healthy today when they only make money when you're sick? That's everything wrong with the world that we live in today. And that's what we're fighting for with our doctors and with our natural products that actually have science behind them. And even the prep kits that we have that we've created to have pharmaceuticals on your shelf to keep you healthy when you need them that can be life-saving. And so that's why when we started the wellness company, it was to fight back. It's to fight to help keep you in a state of health so that you can actually live your life, so that you can actually have freedom and enjoy it and enjoy this life that we live in this world that we have. And that's, that's a totally, it's totally different from the way big, the biopharmaceutical complex looks at the world. Yeah. Well, and you know, Foster, what, what, what strikes me about it is it's almost parallel to what's going on with green energy too. Um, in as much as that, if you want the government to take you seriously as a scientist and you want to get those big very profitable government grants you're going to give them the science they want it seems that the pharma industry has kind of teamed up with the government and said look we're gonna we're gonna create the the vaccines for you that's fine but if if you dare go off that reservation and start talking about oh i don't know hydroxychloroquine or whatever other ivermectin or whatever other cheap uh, drug, all of a sudden the government's going to say, we don't want to do business with you. Pharma's going to shun you. And it just seems to be a, a, pardon the expression, but it seems like they're colluding with each other, just like climatologists 
have they know where their bread is buttered and by god they give them the science that they want to keep that butter flowing is that what is that what's going on here in the pharma industry too now well don't even get me started on greenwashing that like pretty much every large company is greenwashing that says they're going to donate all this money that then nothing actually ends up going to any type of environmental cause but i think what we saw is we saw these conservative news outlets these conservative truth tellers lose everything, lose all their advertising, all their monetary support for speaking the truth. And so when you brought up Rumble originally, you know, what I'm extremely proud of is that the wellness company is truly funding this conservative movement. We invest every penny back in. We just signed a $6 million deal with Rumble for all their creators. We're working with all of the major conservative news outlets and the influencers and doctors, and we're trying to create that economy. How do we do it? Customers are supporting us and we're supporting everyone around us to help continue to build the message because we need to not only be the tip of the spear, we at the wellness company need to be the entire spear. That's how we're gonna survive. That's how we're gonna thrive in this parallel economy. It's about, it's okay to have a company that can be profitable. It just matters what it reinvests in. And we're reinvesting in this economy to make it strong and to make it thrive and to, again, help try and keep people healthier, which I know it's hard to believe. But at the end of the day, I think what we've seen throughout 2020 to now is that they literally want everybody to be sick. That is their business model. That is their goal. The sicker you are, the more control they have, and they do it from the day that you're born. And that's what we need to fight back with. Yeah, 100%. Now, you know, you mentioned the prep kit that one can get from the wellness company. Um, you know, and that kind of spurs uh, a lot in my head. It's like, wow, you know, as a prepper, someone, you know, who likes to be prepared for whatever may come, that is exactly the kind of thing that uh, many of us are missing in our prep. Um, talk to us a little bit about because um, we're seeing even in Alaska this week, there there's a town in Alaska where they're telling people to buy guns and ammo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there are places, there are a lot of voices hitting us right now. I'll give you another example. Barack and Michelle Obama just produced a movie for Netflix about the end of America in a in a in a world economic forum cyber polygon cyber attack sort of way. And of course, they focus on race relations and and write a terrible plot. Um, but you know, we're getting a lot of, Hey guys, world war three might be coming. Hey guys, cyber polygon might be coming. I mean, where are you at with, with prepping at this point and the sort of threats that we're getting in the zeitgeist? I think it's the same thing, right? There's nothing wrong with being prepared. We're not perpetuating fear. We're providing solutions. And you can have all the guns and all the ammo that you want. If you get sick, what are you going to do? And so it was really important that we created these types of prep kits, uh, one for, for you know, a, a COVID that, that we renamed. We had to rename it, uh, contagion prep kit. Um, but even generic ones with things like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, um, amoxicillin, um, even things like nebulizers, right? These are all important things to have on hand so that whatever happens next, at least you can take your health into your own hands. I mean, that's just critical. And having these preparedness kits with these life-saving pharmaceuticals on your shelves at home, 
I think it's just a must. I just like you should be prepping for every, every other aspect. I mean, we're preppers too. My wife is a prepper, so I, I totally get it. Um, but those are all things that I think we need to have and we need to be prepared for because who knows what's coming? Who knows what they're going to do next? Yeah. And you know, the thing that's so frightening about it all, Foster, is we saw the way you mentioned hydroxychloroquine. So did I and, and ivermectin and some of these drugs that weren't necessarily cures, but what they were, they linked it, they shortened the, uh, the sickness rate. They, they, in, in some cases really did turn it around for a lot of people. Of course, the second Trump mentioned hydroxychloroquine, uh, that, that seemed to disappear from the shelves and they shut it all down. So what we're getting, I think is a lot of cynicism from the American people and maybe the world in general, I guess, uh, at the fact that like the NIH had a lot to do with the funding of COVID. A lot to do with it. Uh, and, and that's probably why you can't name it the COVID prep kit, because they probably have the trademark on that. But then <laughs> if you dare say, hey, this can help, they shut you down. And that's this very same NIH that's granting all of these medical grants to all medical yep. schools around the country. I mean, it's so I hate to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's pretty obvious to connect the dots, isn't it? I mean, is it conspiracy if it's right? I don't even know. I kind of think conspiracy means you are right. Um, but no, you, you, you're 100% correct. And look, I was at the forefront of that. I was standing beside Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, who I helped him found his company, when he was fighting the fight for hydroxychloroquine and zinc, when he was talking to the Trump administration. I watched how they, the minute that they found out and Trump tried it, and obviously it worked and he talked about it, uh, they went and they took it off the shelves and we had to come up with a natural alternative, which is why we came up with Z-Stack, which was quercetin and zinc. And so um, I saw firsthand, like so many other people, how quickly they can turn, how quickly they can make something vanish. And so again, that's why I think it's so important now the wellness companies, we're getting more prepared for this. And, and instead of being on our heels reacting, we're being proactive to be preventative yeah. for when this type of thing happens again. And I think that's why it's critical. And that's why I think we are, we are um, um, helping so many people and spreading this message of you don't need to live in fear anymore. There's solutions, there's options. Let's work together to provide them to as many people as we can. Yeah, it's such a great idea. I mean, it really is such a great idea. I suspect like all your other ventures, Foster, this is going to be very successful for you, especially now that you're about to do the rollout with Rumble. I can tell you this just in the background, since you've been talking, damn near everybody that's watching this show or producing this show or involved in this show is saying, I want to get that prep kit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that's a good sign. Uh, we're, we're all in. Where can we go to learn about the prep kit, to learn more about the wellness uh, company, uh, and really to, to learn more about your very, very uh, inspiring story? Where can we go? Yeah, I appreciate that. You can go to the company's website, uh, which is twc.health, and, and you can have a look at all the different products and offerings that we have. And look, this is just one step, right? I'm a firm believer that in order to build a proper parallel healthcare system, you have to bridge the physical and virtual care together. That's how yeah. we're gonna do it. And as we get ready to start rolling out physical clinics, the support from our customers is paramount because that's what's allowing us to do this. We can't do it without our customers, without people supporting go. us. And it's okay, together well that we're gonna build this. 
Well, thank you very much. Uh, listen, Foster, we appreciate you joining us today. We look forward to having you back. Again, go to uh, twc.health and, uh, and uh, learn more about it. Foster Colson got...